Welcome back to the Hope Podcast. We are glad that you guys are are here listening to us today, uh, wherever you might be. We are happy to be back in uh, the comfy confines of our high-tech, state-of-the-art studio. And I'm back here uh, with my dad, Jim. How are you doing this fine day? You know, I'm doing well today. The sun is shining there is no snow in the forecast, so we are doing well. That's right. Uh, I keep wanting to uh, maybe tempt fate and put my snow shovel back in the attic, uh, out of sight, out of mind, and get rid of my – I did take the scrapers out of my car, so I'm like, I don't think I need these anymore. But but, but two mm. days ago, I had to do I, it again. <laughs> and we have had snow for Easter, and that's coming up this weekend. Yes. I did take mom's mats out of her car. So that is a sign, but I still have the scraper in mind, and the snow shovel is out. Oh, so you actually change the mats? In yes. The car. What yes. is wrong with you? Yes. Well, you know, Just we mats are car mats. We car. went to no. We she has these winter mats. And, oh, she uh, has her winter mats. Yeah. Oh, well, we okay. went to we went to Florida, <laughs> so then that made us think it's winter is oh, over. Man. So oh, I hope I hope we don't jinx things. Okay, so what are the spring summer mats? Are they? Oh, uh, they're the ones that come with the car. They're just oh, the regular. Okay. Yeah, okay. these are the WeatherTech. Uh, okay. okay. They're, I guess we should now have a sponsor. Uh, WeatherTech. <laughs> we'll contact WeatherTech. Yes. <laughs> they get a mention in here. So when you <laughs> are you officially recommending to the Hope Podcast listeners? Yes, that, Weather that is Tech an endorse, That is an endorsement. <laughs> they work very well. That's funny. Well, we are here, so we're having a little discussion, and we do have somebody with us. Dad, would you like to? He's just patiently waiting to get put in his two cents about car mats. So why, yes. why don't we actually officially? <laughs> sure. I wonder what kind of mats he has in his car. Let's uh, see. <laughs> Jeff, uh, we have Jeff Johnson with us today. Jeff, it's good to have you here. Thank you. Glad to be here. I uh, this conversation has been pretty fascinating. Yes, it is. <laughs> and, yeah, it's just, just, amazing. just to let you know, I have the standard mats that. My car came with. There you go. Nothing fancy. Nothing fancy. Okay. But but, but what about your wife's car? Don't you take good care of her? <laughs> I try to, but I have not splurged and bought WeatherTech floor mats for her yet. Okay. Well, if she listens to this episode, you may be making an expense. I might so, have yeah. to. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> yeah. So it's good to have Jeff with us. Jeff is um, one of the elders at Stagecoach Road Christian Fellowship in I have the privilege of serving on the elder team with him. So, Jeff, it's great to have you here today. Thank you. Okay. He is, um, you can't see this, listeners, but he is sporting his favorite baseball team. You know, I'm trying to look beyond that. I know. Um, but it's getting harder be, to do. Yeah. <laughs> but we're going to focus Sorry, as much love, as we can. We love Jeff anyway. Yeah. We've known that from the first day we met him. Since the first day loyal. you've met me, you've known I'm a New York Yankees fan. Sorry, we've been talking about weather mats. I had to throw that in there. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he did just get back from uh, spring season uh, seeing some baseball. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, spent the last week with my father. Uh, we were down in the Port Charlotte area, mm -hmm. and got to see a couple of spring training games, spent some time with uh, friends of ours, so mm -hmm. sad to come back, having to leave the great weather of Florida, but oh, man. here I am. What well, is he, go. Would you're you like a, to go on record? Husband. What's that? I think you should go on record now. What 
is going to be the Yankees' record. I see them in second place and probably the wild card. Okay, there you go. But He's that's right. being optimistic. Optim- we're we're always optimistic yeah. before opening <laughs> now he, day. He, he did see the Phils as well. So would you like to explore that with him a little bit? Yeah. Too? What do you think of the? He did Michael Franco hit a home run. The the Phillies. The one day we saw them look good. There you go. Yeah, I, I worry about their pitching though. Yeah, their pitching's a little. Uh, yeah. yeah, pitching suspect. But if they can get that together, <laughs> I think you guys will have a. Promising season. Yeah. And, yeah. and our, we still stuck with that first baseman. Yeah. Yeah. And that salary. <laughs> he was uh, MIA down there in Florida. Oh, man. Him and your catcher. Uh, well, they are getting older. So, are, yeah. yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. This is the Hope Podcast. <laughs> yes. Not the baseball podcast. That's we right. Do have a, we, we, do, we do have an agenda today. So, we, we are track. eternally hopeful yeah, for are. our sports teams. We are. Right. <laughs> Yep. Well, yep. good. Well, Jeff, would you like to tell us? Uh, we now know they they now know what team you root for. So, would you like to tell us a little bit more about your background? Well, now that I've got the baseball conversation out of the way, and, and somebody may have, some may have already turned. Some you people off. have probably turned us off. For those who <laughs> are still listening, thank you for continuing to listen. Uh, no, it's uh, thanks again for for having me here. Um, mm-hmm. I was originally born and raised in Delaware, and I went to college in Philadelphia and moved to New Jersey in 2006. Um, I went to school originally for architecture and worked three separate jobs in the architectural field. As of 2014, though, I am officially out of the architecture business and exploring a career in ministry at this time. So I'm currently wrapping up my second online master's degree with Liberty University. There's another plug for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and as, as Jim mentioned a second ago, I, I am uh, serving as an elder at Stagecoach Road Christian Fellowship, uh, which I've been on the board for, I believe, two years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm blessed to, to be working with Jim and the other guys on that board as well. Um, married to my wife, Katie. We're coming up on our six-year anniversary in November. Uh, we don't have any children at this time, but Lord willing, mm-hmm. perhaps they will be in the picture someday. Sure. Very good. We're good. Well, it's good to, good to have you here. And by the way, uh, we appreciate your um, also working in the Mission Mid-Atlantic office. Uh, Jeff is also volunteering some time there and Thank you very much for that as well. No, not a problem. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Well, Jeff, as you know, um, this podcast is about um, people sharing their stories of how they lost hope and found it again. So would you like to share a little bit with us about um, part of your story and a time in your life whenever you found yourself in that situation? Could you describe that a little bit for us? Sure. So just to preface uh, everything else, uh, I grew up in a in a home where we didn't uh, we didn't go to church on a regular basis. Um, I did not know, I did not have a relationship with God. Did not know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior for the first twenty some years of my life. So 
around the time that I'm going to get into more detail about was around 2004, 2005. I was currently attending college in Philadelphia at the time. Uh, I was at Philadelphia University. I was going for my bachelor's in architecture. And at that time, I uh, was really wrestling with a lot of personal issues. And one of the things that I was struggling with was depression and really just lack of being able to find myself, mm-hmm. knowing who I was individually. Um, one of the things that you could say was probably one of my coping mechanisms was pornography. Uh, something that I was introduced to in high school and really didn't uh, struggle with it that much in high school. It wasn't really until I got to college and I was at Philadelphia that I really started to dive into it more. Now, I wasn't to the point where it consumed my life, where I was looking at it 24-7 or anything of that sort, but it was enough that it had a control on my life. More specifically, it had a control on my heart and it had a control on my mind. Pornography really takes you down a road where it alters your your view of women. And I'm sure this is something that other people are probably aware of, especially those who are or born again who have dealt with this Pornography really gives you a one-sided view of women to where women are nothing more than objects and they become objects for your entertainment and for your sinful sexual pleasure. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, at that time, I had no other influence. More specifically, I I had no relationship with God. And I had no spiritual guidance Mm. to go off of. Uh, So I was really going off of what the world told me. Mm. And so the world told me that, you know, there's nothing wrong with men looking at pornography. There's nothing wrong with men looking at women in a lustful manner. There's nothing wrong with sleeping with women that you're not married to. Things of that sort. So going through college, I really struggled with that. And then when I graduated and I started working at my first job, really felt like I was really struggling to get a hold of myself. I knew that I was successful from a worldly perspective. I graduated from school. I had a job. But deep down, I felt like there was something missing inside. And long story short, Uh, About a year after I graduated was when I felt like God was laying on my heart that it was time for a change. And so I started attending church in 2007 and really started to evaluate my life, really to evaluate who I am, what I'm here for, and more specifically, how do I view other people? Mm Mm-hmm. How do I view women in general? Hmm. Okay. So what, um, what eventually helped you to get out of that 
that bondage to pornography that you were caught up in? It took a, a little bit of time, and I and I want to preface also by saying that just because God has delivered me from a particular area um, to this day, praise the Lord that I don't struggle with pornography the way I used to. Mm-hmm. But I would like to say that the temptation of sexual sin is still always there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're still always going to fight a battle. Um, I had a conversation with a, a friend of mine a long time ago when I first revealed that I was struggling with this and he came to me in private and said, I was just curious as to how you were able to overcome this struggle because I'm dealing with it. And I said, well, I'm sorry if I gave you the wrong impression. I haven't overcome this thing completely. I've, I have found freedom through Christ, but I have not overcome this thing in particular. Sure. You know, um, if I could just pause, we can just pause there a second. A couple of years ago, I had lunch with um, the director of Harvest USA. It's a ministry in Philadelphia, John Freeman. And he had just come from a meeting with a group of church planters. And he said that they shared something that just shocked him. And that was as you're interviewing some someone from ministry who's say under thirty, you don't ask them, "Do you have a problem with pornography?" You ask them, "Are you? How are you managing that?" Correct. Yeah. And I think it's important too to understand that when I first came to started attending church, and I finally gave my life to Christ later that year in 2007. That really opened the door for me to, as I stated earlier, to really evaluate myself and what I'm doing with my life. But in the end, it's starting to dive into God's word and really read the scriptures and read the verses about sexual immorality and just coming to a point of conviction was was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Really having conviction that, hey, what I'm doing is not right. In the eyes of the Lord, it's not right. Another important thing that has helped me over the years has been accountability. I have accountability uh, set up with my with my wife at this time, which is something that uh, now as, a, as an elder at Stagecoach and also uh, mentoring other, other young adults, other young adult men, I have encouraged every single one of them to be open and honest with their wife or if they're engaged to be open and honest with their fiance. And most importantly, you you have to be open and honest with your spouse, your significant other, because if you are hiding secrets and you're living a double life, you're just asking for a world of trouble. Mm -hmm. So that was very important. And also establishing accountability with people at the church, um, Right now, I currently have accountability set up with a good friend of mine, and I also have accountability set up with uh, our senior pastor, Thomas Loman, as stagecoach. And he's been a, a great accountability partner for me. I've been able to really sit down and open up and discuss everything that I've struggled with and say, hey, I have these, these flaws here. And I, I want help. I don't want to be 
the guy that I was so many years ago mm-hmm. because I saw who I was and I saw the path that I was heading down and I didn't, I didn't like it. So uh, accountability is a big thing. And then also just realizing that, especially with pornography and sexual sin, willpower alone will not do you any good. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of times, and this is true for myself as well, that you try so hard to overcome this battle yourself and you try everything in your power, but in the end it just, it doesn't work. So not only has accountability helped, but just realizing that based on the truths that we find in scripture, that God will never leave us or forsake us, that Christ died on the cross for our sins, every sin, past, present, and future, Mm -hmm. and that we are forgiven that really meant a lot to me because one of the things that I really wrestled with was every time I screwed up, I always asked myself, am I truly forgiven? Mm-hmm. Especially as a young believer, I asked myself that question all the time. And it took a while for me to truly come to grips with that, that yes, I am forgiven. And I think, I thank God for Christ and for his death on the cross. Sure. Yeah, and that's, you know, that is one of the questions that we also explore, how is the gospel help? So I appreciate how you've, how you've shared that. Can you share with us a little bit about, well, first of all, you know, uh, I've seen statistics, and the statistics are shocking about how pervasive uh, the use of pornography is in our churches. How, is that something, do you think, that people are making up, or do you think that's a uh, it's as big as of an issue as some of the experts would say that it is. I would tend to agree with the experts that the the problem does exist and that the problem is significant. Mm-hmm. I, I would say that for a couple of reasons. One, just for myself and personal testimony – knowing that the first couple of years that I started attending church, I wrestled with that. I was still wrestling with it and I hid it mm-hmm. for a period of time because I didn't want anybody to know about it. Mm-hmm. Cause I felt like if I shared that, then I'd be excommunicated from the church or mm-hmm. something along those mm-hmm. lines. It's crazy, but some people may, may feel that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing too, is that unfortunately our culture has become saturated. Mm-hmm. with sex everywhere you turn re- via the internet the tvs the movies magazines what have you everything is sexually or- oriented because sex sells mm-hmm. and so unfortunately i feel like our the, the church as a whole especially a lot of men in the church have become to the point where they're numb to it you see it so much and that we get to a point where, okay, well, that one little scene in the TV show or that one little scene in the movie is fine. But then we start compromising and then it gets worse and worse and worse. And that's the same thing with pornography. First, you start off with just a simple view of a website where it's just a, an image of a woman. Next thing you know, you're going on a website and you're watching videos and then it escalates from there. It, just, it gets worse and worse. And I think that's just the level, the height of depravity. It just gets worse and worse the more you feed into it. Mm 
Mm-hmm. So yes, I, I totally would argue that the pornography and sexual sin in general is a problem in the church and it needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We appreciate that. Um, you mentioned accountability that you have built into your life. Could you share a little bit more of what that looks like? Is that um, someone asking you hard questions? Is that using technology on your devices or, or what does that look like for you? Sure. So uh, basically accountability for me uh, is broken down into a, a couple different things. Uh, first and foremost, as I mentioned earlier, I have accountability with my wife. So for example, my wife and I have a couple TVs in our house and we have cable and, uh, and so forth. And we have other electronic devices in the house. And basically everything that we have in the house that has some form of internet access or access to apps that are, that could be questionable or anything of that sort. Basically my wife has control of those devices and I'll, I'll elaborate real quick. Um, basically every device has features for parental controls. Mm-hmm. So if my wife has passwords and user access to all these devices. She controls all of the passwords and basically, you know, limits what I can, can view. In certain cases, we have a couple devices where the internet is totally blocked. Hmm. And I cannot access it myself unless my wife puts in the password, which only she knows. So we have that in place. We also have... I have an accountability program on my phone called Ever Accountable, which I use not just with my wife, but with Pastor Loman and with my good friend of mine. They receive weekly email reports mm. of any and all activity that I do on the internet and also any apps that I have on my phone or a computer at home. Now, it doesn't, it doesn't block anything, but what it does, it sends the uh, recipients a list of everything that you've viewed and then it pulls out anything that's deemed questionable and it says what the site is, what the link was, what time it was, the date and so forth. So those reports are sent to those people. Hmm. And so that's been a, a big help because not only do I have just a general sense of accountability, but now I have something where I know, Hey, I'm not blocked. Mm-hmm. I could easily go and look at this stuff, but I know that come, you know, a couple of days down the road or however, my wife or my pastor or my best friend is going to be coming to me saying, Hey, you've been doing some bad stuff. Mm-hmm. So and what's, what's that program again? It's called ever accountable and you can find it online. Mm-hmm. Or if you have a smartphone, you can go into your uh, app store and type it in and you can locate it that way as well. Okay. Can you override it? You can uninstall it, <laughs> but for any of those who are thinking to put it on and then uninstall it, a report is sent to your recipients that is uninstalled. Huh. Or anytime it is modified, mm-hmm. a report is sent. Okay. So it is on there, and if I tried to uninstall it, mm-hmm. people would find out. Interesting. Interesting. How do you... um? 
you know, you've been spending the last couple of minutes sharing about your struggles. Um, how do you respond to somebody that would say, well, you know, Jeff, you, you know, admitting your struggles isn't very manly. It's not very masculine to say that you have struggles. And I guess that kind of goes and kind of fits in with pornography a little bit because society wants to say, well, men, you know, it's real manly to take a woman and, and conquer her and, and do this and do that. And women are just there for our entertainment, for our pleasure. So it's, I guess it's like a two, twofold question, you know, like, have you ever confronted that? Have you ever been like, uh, felt like the urge to, well, I just, just going to suck it up, take it on the chin and not admit I have any of these struggles at all? Sure. Um, when I first became a, a believer, I wrestled with that question all the time. I wrestled with the fact that, you know, am I doing the right thing by admitting something that, you know, up until this point in my life, I felt like was just normal that, you know, everybody does it and it, or every guy doesn't. And if he says he doesn't do it, he's lying. So to answer first part of your question, yes, I think um, there is a problem where many men out there today, especially from a secular perspective, would say, no, there's nothing wrong with it. Well, I would tend to disagree. I, I won't get into law and specifics here, but the short and sweet of it, would I would say that you have to look at God's word. And you have to look at what God says about man and woman and what their characteristics are, what their attributes are, what their roles are specifically. And when you look at scripture and you see where God is telling the husbands to be, to show love and respect to their wives, that's a big thing because I think when you look at big picture, you mentioned a moment ago about, oh, well, women are just created just to be our entertainment. No, they're not. That's just a lie that the world has been feeding us for years. Women are are created for so much more in the eyes of God. And as soon as you pull away from that worldly perspective and you look at what Scripture says, you'll gain a, a totally new perspective. Now, I have had conversations with gentlemen before in the past who are not believers. And I've talked about this very topic with them, and I've told them, look, I obviously am not going to be able to change your mind during this one conversation. But I will suggest to you that I've been in your shoes. I know your mindset because I used to have the very same one. But I will tell you that my outlook changed when I gave my life over to Christ and I started to really believe in the truths found in God's word. Mm-hmm. But I think, unfortunately, you're not going to be able to change everybody because the world, like I said, has just saturated us with sex and sexual sin to the point where we are numb to it. We see it all the time. So what's the big deal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, you know, thinking about that and, um, I, uh, reminded me of the, uh, men's retreat we had a couple years ago where we, went down to um, 
It's when we went to Keswick and we took a group of guys and we watched the Conquer series together, which, yeah, which, and one of the things that, um, thankfully, um, you know, I have my own issues, but porn has not been one of them, but just the shocking images of the damage that porn does to uh, a human brain is just amazing. Porn is just like any other addiction. It, it really messes with your, your mind and mm-hmm. your outlook and your life is altered. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't, don't see it that way. And then, until we really get to the point where we start looking at pornography as another severe addiction, just like an addiction to drugs or alcohol or any other vice, the, the culture is not going to change. Mm-hmm. We really have to show the ugly side of pornography mm-hmm. if people are going to change their opinion of it. Right. That's true. It's true. Well, what we're going to do, and appreciate you sharing these things, uh, we're going to be including these resources in our show notes, the Ever Accountable. That's the accountability. The accountability, okay. yes. Uh, we'll also include uh, the Conquer series. Uh, we'll also have the contact information for Harvest USA because that is a great resource here in the Philly area. And I would put in two. I'd put in Triple uh, X Church. They have a three-part training series mm-hmm. for free that's online. And uh, they have a blog, and they also have uh, um, suggestions and resources for having like men's small groups and stuff like that. So, right. That's another good yeah. resource to add as well is right. the triple X charts. I actually, that was the first uh, resource that I started using yeah. and uh, no, it's a very good organization. They do a lot of good work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good. Well, thank you. Um, before we wrap things up, is there anything else that you think would be important for our listeners to hear about um, the things that you've gone through and, and how, the gospel has given you hope. Anything that you'd like to especially share to someone out there who is struggling with pornography and they don't really have any hope right now. Anything quickly you'd like to share? Sure. So real quick, um, for anybody out there who is struggling with pornography, and I I throw this out to not just men in particular, but to women also, because I know women can struggle with this as well. Mm -hmm. But if anyone is struggling with pornography, I really suggests that there is hope. Um, It may seem that this addiction is something that you will never be able to get a hold of or that you'll ever be able to get away from it. And that's just another lie that the enemy puts in our our heads. Mm. I've dealt with that same lie for many years. And I just want to say, encourage everybody out there that ignore that. I'm reminded of James 4-7. Uh, which says, submit ourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Hmm. And I, I have taken that verse to heart for a long time now, especially during my struggles with pornography, and it has really given me help And that you really just have to resist the enemy. You have to get down. You have to start praying. Hmm. You have to start seeking help from the outside. You cannot fight this battle on your own so and most importantly just remember that christ has given us freedom because of his death on the cross Mm -hmm. 
And as long as we remember that, and as long as we remember that God's grace covers all of our sins, past, present, and future, and that Christ died on the cross once for us. He doesn't have to die on the cross numerous times for the things that we do. We're going to mess up. I still mess up. But I know that my salvation is secure because of him. And so I hold that as my greatest hope every day and knowing that someday I will be in his presence in heaven and that I am forgiven of the mistakes that I've made. Mm-hmm. Great. Appreciate you sharing that because I'm sure there are many out there who struggle with that and feeling that there's never any way they can overcome that. So thank Not you very much. Thank you. Thanks for sharing your story. And for those of you who are listening, please check out the show notes and we'll include the resources. By the way, uh, we would encourage you, as we do every episode, if you find yourself struggling as Jeff uh, found himself, um, look for a good church, seek out a pastor to begin to talk with. If you feel that you need more in-depth counseling, your pastor or someone else may be able to point you to that resource. We also recommend here um, at the Hope Podcast, CCEF, it's the Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation. It's located in the Philly area, but they are aware of trained counselors around the country, and uh, their phone number will also be in the show notes. So thank you again, Jeff, for visiting with us today. Uh, Not a problem. I appreciate you having me here. And again, accountability is our greatest weapon. Yes, it is. Thank you very much. Well, thank you all for listening. Scott, appreciate your help today. Yep. It was a good one today, wasn't it? Yep. Yep. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, thank Thank you you. very much. And so we encourage you to check back again next week. And thank you for downloading this episode of the Hope Podcast. Open the window, release the day. Come let your waters flood over me. Cause I've seen your beauty Be cleansed by your blood I've been in the desert I've drank of your love Before you leave, there is one other thing I'd like to share with you. A healthy lifestyle is important to me, and that's why we created this podcast. I have worked hard all of my adult life to stay in decent physical shape. And running has always been the primary way I've tried to stay in shape, but I've struggled with a bad knee the last couple of years. I became frustrated with where I was heading, even though I was trying to work out on a regular basis. Our daughter, Carrie, told me about Shakeology and how it helped her reach her weight loss goals. She gave me some samples and also told me about P90 and other team beach body fitness programs. I thought at first that it was just another fad, but I decided to try P90 anyway to see if it might help. I lost 12 pounds. That's right. I stopped running and lost 12 pounds. The combination of drinking Shakeology and exercise programs like P90, P90X, and now Body Beast have helped me to be in the best physical shape of my entire adult life. If you would like to learn more about Shakeology or other Beachbody products, I encourage you to send me an email with your questions. You can reach me at thehopepodcast at gmail.com. 
and I would be glad to help you to reach your fitness goals. Thanks again for listening to the podcast.